Welcome to Underemployed, episode 14. We are back in the building. David, you are back from coming up to my neck of the woods last night. How are you feeling? Um, I'm fine. I got a full eight hours of sleep. I can't imagine Bethany got anywhere close to the same. No. Um, seeing as she had to, you know, pee at work early and doesn't work nights. How was the uh, Childish Gambino concert? We'd actually talked about, you guys had already bought your tickets yep. a few months ago. Um, we talked about it on the show. So this is the third time I've seen Gambino. Um, I think I've I think I've seen him on every national tour he's done. I saw Camp the first time. Uh, I saw it for the Camp tour the first time, which was with um, Chance the Rapper. Uh, amusingly enough, uh, the first time first time it was gonna uh, initially it was supposed to be with Danny Brown. Gambino broke his leg, was out for six weeks. Uh, Danny Brown wasn't on. The, uh, the redo of said tour. So we got Chance, you know. Oh, no. Such a such a loss there. Yeah, I know. Well, give me a really charismatic... And they've done a song together, Gambino and Chance. They've done a couple of songs, yeah. yeah. Um, that was phenomenal. I saw Because the Internet um, in Silver Spring, and that was phenomenal. And then... At the Fillmore? Uh, no. Uh, yeah, Fillmore Silver Spring, yeah. Okay. We went to the Fillmore right after it opened, I think. Yep, we saw J. Cole. Cole. That's right. Uh, and then seeing him at MCI, Verizon, Capital One Arena, whatever you want to call it, uh, was awesome. I mean, our seats were, we were on the exact opposite side of the arena from where the stage was, so we saw everything. Yeah. Um, it was an experience. Um, you said in the beginning, you know, folks, I want you to put your phones away. I saw that. Uh, we're, right, going, we're, going to ch- we're going to church. You know, I'm taking y'all to church. Uh, this is for people who are here. This isn't for people who aren't here. And, you know, as we've talked about, you know, people who sort of live on their phones through concerts are missing the point. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I took a couple of pictures. I think I only took yeah, but that's, and we talked about you taking, uh, you know, you posted on Facebook and Instagram, I think three pictures that you took during the concert pictures. And that's, you didn't mm-hmm. post anything to your Snap story. I mean, you post if you had no. posted something, that would have been fine. But you know, that's sort of what we're talking about. It's not like no. you, you can never not use your phone. It's just enjoy the show, man. You paid a lot. You both paid a lot of money to go to that show. Let's you know, how about enjoying it? Yeah. And uh, met up with a couple of friends of mine from middle school who had who I had not seen in years beforehand. So that was nice to um, reconnect with them. Good to see that they're doing well. Um, Although the you, show was awesome. Um, you didn't see Ray Sremmerd. We did not see Ray Sremmerd. I'm not super meh. I didn't really have any interest in Ray Sremmerd. I don't really care for Ray Sremmerd. You know, they make music. People like it. I don't particularly care yeah. for it. Um, had it been Vince Staples, who's going to be opening on other set, uh, other legs of the tour, oh, we would have been there in our seats. Okay, so that I know you would talk the about ball the ball drop. So I didn't know Staples was doing part of the tour. We had talked before that you thought initially it was Staples. So it's Staples doing like one part of the country or just certain parts of the tour, and then I think he's doing. I think he's just doing the West Coast swing. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, you know, being from Cali. Let's see highlights. Other some of the highlights from the show. Um, his live performance is really. It has gotten so so much better. And it was always good. He's always been a good live performer, but he's really he he he, he plays well to a space that size, which is so hard to do. Yeah. Uh, 
it's easy you know, when you're doing the 930 clubs and you've got a thousand mm-hmm. people who are there just to rock with you. It's different when you're at the Capital One, um, which is, you know, 20,000 people. Uh, I'd say closer to 30. That's true, because the it stage does, was, from what I saw, just pretty a very, small. Yeah. And so they had pretty put everyone small. around it. There was also uh, a guy in a Trump jersey. And he was just walking through the he was walking through the concourse and everyone was just sort of giving him a death glare. And the people he was him and the people he was with were sort of looking around at each other like, what? What's everybody staring at? I'm sorry, I thought this was America. You know, it's not obviously you're allowed to wear it, but man, you, you go to where to a childish Gambino concert wearing a Trump jersey, it's just it, it's not the I don't know. That would have been more expected at a like country concert at FedEx Field right. than no. a rap show at Capital One Arena. Yeah, and I mean, it'd be like, would you wear a Van Halen tour t-shirt to the Childish Gambino show? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, by the way, the reason they had shut down Capital One Arena to revamp the sound system, which notoriously, it's why I've never gone to a concert there. It has been terrible. I remember when I went to a Wizards game a few years ago, and my thought was when they were doing warm-up music, it sounded like someone just put... A uh, boombox, like from Do the Right Thing, somewhere in the Raptors. And so, the, with tours, they usually bring their own speakers. Okay. Speaker they box. bring their own stacks um, because they they have very specific needs that the, the the speakers at an arena normally cannot satisfy. That being said, I have seen some discussion on Twitter about the new sound system at Verizon, and apparently, it is too loud, like to the point That's that worse. people are like covering their ears you're playing too loud you know, that's that is that is actually to me worse than having it too quiet that's yeah that's unpleasant um shit that's unfortunate loud noises it's been a pretty good week for hip-hop overall though because since our last episode we dropped we recorded that episode the redo on the day eminem dropped his kamikaze album which has just made waves left and right and I it. gave it a listen. Um, I, 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 I gave it one listen. Eminem just doesn't do it for me anymore. That's fair. Um, it's a good album. The you know the beats are the beats are not the best, but they're better. It's not, it's, it, yes, it's better. It's gotten better. Um, he's still very good, but I just I get a little I get a little tired of the like. All right, let me see how many words I can fit into a yeah. song. And I think what Gimmick. was good about this album was that that had been a problem for the last couple albums, and it really was a problem on Revival, which a lot of people didn't like. And I, even being the biggest Eminem fan in the world, I think I was the most complimentary of that album by saying it doesn't suck that much. Um, but so on this album, I felt like he flowed a lot better and s- did less of the stuffing syllables, uh, mm-hmm. which made for a much better listen, even as a fan. You know, I mean, you remember choruses, you remember fun. It's not... It's, I'm not listen, I'm not reading the music on a piece of paper. I'm trying to listen to it. So I really like that album. But it also made news because he took shots at a lot of people, including uh, fellow white rapper Machine Gun Kelly. Uh, Ooh, I think took shots at him first, right? So this started when Machine Gun Kelly in 2012 had a tweet about a recent picture of Haley, who was Eminem's daughter, saying, damn, she hot as fuck. And the problem was... Haley was 15 or 16 at the time, and Machine Gun Kelly was 22. Uh, yeah, Machine Gun Kelly's. Let's 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 <laughs> let's be honest. As a pod, Machine Gun Kelly's dog shit. I actually think he's okay. his one his one album. Lace was, up was alright. It wasn't good. No, Oof. no, it wasn't. 
I think it's it all right. Wasn't even all right. He had the one. He had he had Wild Boy, which is his like one good track. Everything else Invincible's is great. is is overproduced to hell. Inauthentic studio blueprint bullshit. I remember liking Lace Up, but I also know that I haven't listened to more than two or three tracks from it since then. Uh, he's got a couple of. I think he's all right. Um, I'm not going to sit here and. I mean, yes, he is a he is a he's he is a talented talented rapper, but like yeah, he doesn't make me. Yeah. Uh, so mm. so a little cringy. So then Eminem slash his manager Paul Rosenberg apparently banned him from Eminem's Sirius XM radio station Shade Forty Five. Allegedly, yeah. M denies this. He does in the interview he did with Sway. He he's he denies it. Although he denied it in a way that sort of seemed like he just was denying culpability that it could still have happened it just maybe like yeah. oh, hey that was a it fault. might have happened but i had nothing to do with it right so my feeling is it probably happened whether it was through eminem or paul rosenberg and then machine gun kelly as he's is right to do he felt like he was getting blackballed so he took a couple shots over the years including he did a feature with tech nine earlier this year where he took a couple more shots at m so remind y'all you just rap and so M came back on the fall from, Com- or no, I'm sorry, not fall. He did not like with Royce and he went after Machine Gun Kelly and he had some really good bars. Like he called him, you know who the fuck you are, Kelly, which is a great little twist on, you know, pedophilia. And yeah. then a couple days later, Machine Gun Kelly came out with Rap Devil, which David, have you listened to it yet? Yeah, it's, it's all right. Right. Um, th- th- their whole beef is. Petty. And Let's be petty. Yeah, it's petty. petty. They're not. I don't know. His 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 diss track not great. Um, I don't know. I I think that diss tracks shouldn't have a hook. They definitely shouldn't be using auto tune. Yeah, that's I I think unless you're using it as a direct way to make fun of said person, which M's never used auto tune. So like ugh. he used the only time he's ever used it was mockingly. Yeah, I think most of the hooks and rap so- and diss songs aren't prominent parts of the song. And again, they're yeah. not auto tune. That's my that was my biggest issue. It's like yo, you can't be coming with a solid rap diss and then you can't follow it up with an auto tune hook. <laughs> yeah. Still, I will say not the best rap beef for the summer. What's the best rap beef for the summer? Push a T. Drake and Pusha, come on. Uh, yeah. that was, that's come what I'm on. Uh, you know, Eminem, uh, Machine Gun Kelly is like, you know, you you blackballed me from this paid radio state, this paid subscription radio station. Pusha T is like, you're you hiding a fucking child. And even Drake had to sort of go like, oh man, he got me. He got me. He got me. <laughs> hey, listen, I can't deny it. <laughs> exactly. He got Drake to like add tracks to an album where he's like I wasn't hiding the world from my I kid think, I was hiding my kid from the world I think Drake had those songs ready but I think he was definitely and I think Push even commented like you know he, those songs are ready to go but like you're saving this reveal for your own album I mean Pusha won Pusha definitely won the battle I think Drake oh, had the, the 100% Freestyle, Deputy Freestyle was really cool but I mean Pusha came back and Drake didn't respond which I think was smart for Drake he was just like alright you know what take a small L I'm then you really scorpion. It's still the big biggest thing on the planet. Like Drake was smart oh, and yeah. going, Hey, take an L move on. Pusha got great exposure from it. And he got a lot of respect for it. Came with great bars. Pusha's doing pretty good for himself. That was a before everyone came out. All right. You know, relatively speaking. Yeah. The other thing 
I don't I don't know if you saw this, but actually they just released this morning. MGK was on a Breakfast Club, so that's another interesting listen where he has some. Oh, and Eminem came back with a diss with Killshot, oh. which yeah, was, Kill, Killshot was okay. Same. That's why I felt I was like they're both solid songs. Like they both got flaws. I think M's got. Some it's not good. his. It's not his best diss track. No, M's got a lot of good. Whether the targets are important or not, like M's got a lot of good diss songs in his discography. Like in the way back machine because you broke his fucking suck you're a fucking joke if you was really selling coke but then what the fuck you stop for a dummy if you slew some crack you'd make a lot more money than you do from rap kill shot was like you said it was it was okay like i mean it's got some funny lines it's got some solid bars it's not gonna turn the world upside down MGK talked this morning, though, on Breakfast Club, or I guess they probably recorded yesterday and interviewed, but the thing that kind of concerned me was towards the end, he talked about his drug use, and he was sort of, they talked about, they asked him about how it kind of relates to Mac Miller recently dying. He died right mm-hmm. after we recorded our last episode, and it's kind of alarming that he wasn't too concerned, and they had to sort of tell him he should be concerned, and I don't know, if you want to talk about Mac Miller, because I know you had experience with Mac Miller. Um... So Mac Miller's a is a sort of hard. It, it's a hard thing for me to put, necessarily put my finger on. Um, I I was into him very early. Um, the the kids mixtape most dope, um, and I really enjoyed what he did. Um, I, I I appreciated his very eclectic very 90s style um uh, it, it was it was a very different sound that you were hearing from especially the white rappers at the time like it wasn't backpacky frat rap yeah. you know it, was, it wasn't hoodie allen it wasn't asher, asher roth yeah it wasn't asher roth um who was coming out right around the same time um it was something that seemed a little more Soulful, and that that always seemed to sort of play out in in who he was and what he did. Um, I got a little turned off to him um, when he released Blue Slide Park. Just I didn't like the way he went about it. I didn't like some of the sort of media stuff he was doing. Um, and then he played a show at Mary Washington that was just an absolute clusterfuck. Yeah, you told me about that years ago, and yeah, the, the, honestly, one of the worst shows that we've ever that that I remember happening at Mary Washington, just because of the extra nonsense that happened with it. Um, Zach's pop, uh, Max Posse, not even Mac himself, but like Tree J, uh, a couple other folks, just spent all day in the the locker room, which was the green room at the time, just smoking, just absolutely just blunt after blunt after blunt after blunt to the point that like the room had to be fumigated after they after the show was done the carpet had to be replaced because there were burn marks all over it they were just putting blunts out on the floor like and that- just not even not even caring about it and this was at the peak of mac max coke stage so mac would do two or three songs not even two or three songs he'd do like two songs uh, and then disappear off stage for, like a minute come back and you'd be like really energetic and then he would sort of come down and then he'd do it again and come down and um he also there was concern that he wasn't even going to perform because at some point during the show he tweeted you know wheels up to new york like 10 minutes before he was supposed to be taking the stage so there was almost a there was almost a riot when you know 
we had all of these people at the show and it was one of the first shows that Mary Washington did that was open to the public. So we had the college kids who were being drunk and shitty. We had the, the locals who were just trying to start fights. Security worked overtime for that one. Um, there were probably a dozen fights that happened in the show and almost all of them were locals interacting with college kids. Um, the, the local radio stations were talking about before the, in the, you know, in the lead up to the show, like, what do we feel about Mary Washington bringing in a rapper? They were still on that uh, in like 2011 or whatever. You, we had to apologize for the Wale show my freshman year. Oh my god! If there's not Wale's about as inoffensive as a rap of a rapper as you get the side of Chance. Like I mean, there's a, a man. Yeah, yeah. Who understands um, those rap guys? And then afterwards, there were two big like they they were described as brawls, but from people that I know who were there, it was like only three. Or, it was probably only like three on threes. Um, but the one that happened in the parking parking garage at Mary Washington, one that happened across the street at the, the, the in, in the, the parking lot of the giant. Um, a friend of mine actually had to go to the ER, um, because he got somebody like, you know, basically sucker punched him and knocked his head into the barricade at the front of the show. Um, so it was, it was just a cluster and yep. met Mac afterwards. And he was clearly like too high to understand what was going on. Uh, and so that just sort of put me off to him. But listening to some of the later works, um, it's clear that he's grown up and it's clear that he's, you know, he's, he's talked about his own demons and he's talked about sort of the things that have affected him in life. And I, I have tremendous respect for anyone who's willing to put those sort of things on wax. Yeah, that's um, it's not easy. Like, I mean, you, no, it's not easy to talk about for a very machismo culture, too. It's it's hard. To yes. Do that. Um, and. What's been interesting to see is how his openness to discuss those things hasn't necessarily changed the way we talk about it in hip hop, but it's affected the people around him, like Schoolboy Q, talking about how you know depressed and sad that he is that that Mac is is gone. A um, couple other guys I mean, the, like that. Uh, I think Ch Chance actually did the same Chance, thing. Chance was talking about how you know he deals with how Mac helps him deal with the. Anxiety and, and talking about it and, and working his way through it. Um, and it's what's amazing to see is the number of, of of big names within the industry who are you know showing uh, sympathy for for Mac and his and his sort of cohort. Um, you know, Wiz Khalifa, obviously the Pittsburgh connection there. Yeah. Um, Pusha, uh, you know, M talked about him um there there have, there have been more than i can just recall off the top of my head who have said something big sean um wale they both came up around the same time um and so it's 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 good to see that somebody it's good to see that there was somebody within hip-hop who was so liked and so well respected by you know the, the majority of his peers yeah and it's funny for me I was not a fan of his rapping, especially when he came up. It was just, I never, I, th I thought he didn't have flow and it just didn't click. And then your story, because you had told me that when it happened, the, the show kind of turned me off to him even more. I was like, man, if it, he, like, there's nothing for me to connect with him. But kind of later on, I still wasn't digging him as a rapper. I did feel, it's funny, Sam, when we were driving to Miami of Ohio a couple weeks ago, played me some songs from his, uh, 
from his album. This was a few weeks before he passed, but I was like, okay, he's getting better as a rapper, and he had a real he's, talent as a producer. Oh yes, he. I, I definitely think that his his future, more so than rapping, was in producing. He's. I mean, he was. He it, it was it was Dilla esque. The stolen the youth stuff that he was doing. The stolen youth EP he did with Staples, I remember really like. I'd, I'd actually, I think I've used uh, Guns N' Roses from that album on the show just because he had a real knack for beats. So, and like you said, as 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 people who have, you know, everyone listening to this has their own demons, whether they're whatever degree they are, and so it's always impressive when people are willing to be upfront and honest about this. I mean, it's it's it is one of the reasons why. Eminem was a big deal to me because he was very open about his flaws and it's you know even Jay-Z who sort of early on sort of had that braggadocious exterior and then as he got on in his career he talked more about you know 444 is one of his best albums and he talked about depression how his mother coming out and how happy he was for her, and you know ch- cheating with his wife and the fact that he almost lost someone because of his selfish all this stuff it's it's I like that rap as a culture has been more accepting and you've talked before on the show Kid Cudi was sort of a big you know, uh, was helped start that too. Kanye did. So Kid Cudi was part of what brought it forward in the mainstream. Um, I'd say within the indie sphere, it's always been something that's been discussed. Far side. Um, far side idea, atmosphere, um, blue, Talib, Tech Nine even talks about his, you know, depression and, and, and neuroses and then you know makes caribou low and that's besides (laughs) so i I do like that like you said it sucks that it became it came from someone's death but maybe and also this is not even me to think maybe this can hopefully change the culture a little bit in hip-hop's drug use and that's sort of getting back to the mgk point just because i mean i think i think at this point now uh, you've seen Four, we've seen four over four rap related overdoses in the last like two years. It's not going to change. Yeah, that's. An, I mean, um, I don't want to sound like you know, between between uh, Lil Peep, um, Lil Peep and Mac are the two Yams, most obvious ones A7. that come to mind. Yams, yeah, yeah. Yams was Yams was syrup, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was coding. Um, which was also I don't know. That's the thing that bothered me was like I remember when. Uh, people would shout out DJ Screw and Pimp C on these lean songs. And I think someone had to point out like, look, those guys died from coding overdoses. Uh, what a weird sort of tribute. It'd be like a, if someone driving a drunk driving accident and you were like pouring one out for him. I don't know. It's it. I'm not trying to sound like the old head. Who's also a guy who happens to not drink or smoke, but it's just sometimes that bothers me. And sometimes maybe. That's oh yeah. The, the, the rampant, rampant drug use within hip-hop is killing hip-hop and it sucks like you know it became too much at some point and i don't know where the how it can be back from the kind of uh the point of no return it's as silly as that may sound on the offset but if you think about a lot of guys in history who became the biggest rappers a lot of them weren't you know not all of them were huge drug and drink 50 cent didn't drink or do drugs really even though he talked about it um you know, someone like Jay-Z was pretty much kept a clear head, like he almost never smokes and he doesn't drink that much other than to do it. Eminem was, had a drug problem and he nearly died from it. He learned from it and he's been sober for 10 years. It's, yep. I, I just, I would hope that at some point the culture changes, but I also am aware that 
I'm not I think the, the voice that's going to change. I think the, the culture starts to change as... I mean, music like that is a reflection of the culture around it. True. And as you get more states that are going to start decriminalizing and regulating, especially weed, mm-hmm. um, I think sort of the perception that, you know, I need to I need to do all of these things sort of goes down. Um, but I think as long as you're going to have cocaina, rap, and mafioso stuff, like you're going to have... An ex, a, a sort of this glorification of excess because rap's built on it. Rap's rap is built on this idea of shooting stars. This like, you know, either bur- you either burn out or you fade away. Right, and it's sort of live fast, die young, uh, kind of. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what's what's the thing that's getting me so fucked up? Got me so fucked up about it is the the the, the blowback that Ariana Grande got. Yeah, that's it. come on, like you know what she. By all accounts, Ariana Grande was really concerned about him when they were dating, did everything she could to get him clean. But it's not her responsibility. Also true. I'm sorry, Mac Miller was a grown-ass man. He's older than both of us. He was older than both of us. No, right? he's not. No, oh, he's not. Oh, he's No, he was, he's your age. Oh, no, that's right. I'm sorry. He's like six He's six months older than I am. I'm sorry. Yeah, um, he's younger than me. Which is fucking crazy. Um, but yeah. it's, you know, she did everything she could. And like you said, it wouldn't have been her responsibility if, regardless of if she did anything. And she did try to help. Like, why is this on yeah. her? Because she broke up with him because he wasn't willing to change. Yeah, if if you are responsible for your own house. You are. Uh, and so to expect her to, like, sacrifice her career and her life to, you know, try and fix this guy who's not taking the time to, you know work on himself it's yeah. not her fault it's not you know if she and again she tried so I'm, I'm with you that bothered me um i'm glad that what the side that won out in the end was people going hey man don't give her shit for this don't give anyone shit for what other people do is if they're not if they're not enabling and obviously she was not enabling then you, you can't get on people for someone else's actions yeah um yeah. on a lighter kind of hip-hop note i meant to talk to you this and talk to you about this in the car last night um it's officially announced that they are making a sequel to the wonderful film Space Jam. They are making it with LeBron as a producer. I'm going to guess LeBron's going to star in the movie. Oh, of uh, course he's going to star in it. Uh, I'm not sure what the character arc will be like because it's not like when Michael Jordan left to go play baseball that he has to come back. Maybe LeBron going to Cleveland, I don't know. But it got me thinking, and I, I have to be honest, I have thought about this way too much, way too often for too many years. But now it's official. I have to think about it again. I want to know what rappers in current day are going to be on the remake of Hit 'Em High, the Monstars anthem. I want you on uh, this. Migos, <laughs> for <laughs> sure. <laughs> Which one? If we're going to take one, Quavo. Uh, uh, Quavo, because he was the one who played in the, uh, the the celebrity game, wasn't he? That's right. Uh, there's Quavo. There's Offset. Two chains. Two, two chains can ball, so that does make sense. Two chains can actually ball, so yeah. I'm, and I guess uh, you also got to think how good are they going to sound on the song. I also thought years ago, I will say this, had the movie been with Kevin Durant as the star and before we went to the Warriors, Lil B should have been on the song. <laughs> Lil B might still be on the song. Actually, yeah, why not? Swag, 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 rub, ring, ding, ding, yo, girl, swag. Wouldn't the bass guy just make any song better by his proxy? He, he, he truly does. Um, who else are we going to feature on, the, on, the, on, that, on that anthem? Lil Dicky. Little Dicky looks like every guy from Seattle who's going to go to an IT meeting. I don't know if he's going to really intimidate people on Hit Him High. Duke and Ball. 
Um, Kim Paul. How about Killer uh, Mike? Uh, he's a little. He's not really going to be in basketball shape, but he might be. Well, able to the get Killer Mike is the, is like uh, Escalade from the the N one series. <laughs> I didn't expect a fucking and one mixtape to a reference on this podcast. Boom, boom. Oh, You're welcome. I'm so. Uh, I'm so. No, I don't, I don't think Killer Mike gets a feature. Um, Twenty One Savage might just because he might. be. Twenty One Savage might. He's so Meek real. Mill might. Push him might. Push him could talk about how he sold coke to all the monsters. Well, no, Push is a Push is a huge Celtics fan. I know he is. Uh, he also. I just imagine one of the lines on the song isn't it going to be. I'm the Coke game swack hammer. Isn't that a line that you know Push is absolutely going to say? Yeah. Uh, how about Doja Cat? <laughs> I mean, maybe. <laughs> Weirder things have happened. Yeah. Um, wouldn't Danny Brown work as sort of a weird... Nah, nah, he might be a little not too big as, Not that big a sports guy. That's true. Um, Lil Wayne's going to try and force his way onto it. And uh, look, all due respect to Wayne, I'm not a fan. I, I don't want to hear Wayne on that type of song. You got to have like a... No. Like, because the no. original... So the original I don't was... Want, I don't want Wayne on a posse cut. The, the original was, and it's a good posse cut to that point, it was Be Real, Coolio, Method Man, LL Cool J, and Busta Rhymes. Those are guys who could, like, who had voices that sort of... Gravitas. Connected. And Wayne at this point, it's kind of a, you know... He doesn't have that in him anymore. So we gotta get we gotta get a five. We gotta get our starting five. We do have to get our five. So Quavo, Pusha, Two Chains. Actually, no, not Pusha. Pusha's not gonna do something like this. Yeah. Hi. So, Quavo, Two Chains. I'm throwing Lil Dicky in there. <laughs> we'll agree uh, and disagree on that one. He was he was at all of those Philly playoff games this year. I'm not saying all... I'm not saying he's not a basketball fan, but I'm a huge basketball fan. Do you think I should get on that track? No. Fair point. You can't rap. I mean, also true. <laughs> um, Travis Scott can ball. Too, Travis Scott would actually, be, and he'd be good. That would go well with the. I don't. Although he might not come with the hard. He's he's talented, but he might not hit the have the hard hitting. Maybe the same problem with Quavo, where they don't have the voices. I'm thinking. I mean, I guess hip hop's changed enough to where it would fit in with the yeah. with the style. But uh, I mean, you you could say on the same front that Two Chains doesn't have that sort of hard hitting voice. No, he's more want. of a clever sort of guest verse guy. Uh, yep. Which is perfect for this. Which is perfect for a five-person posse cut. <laughs> um, and then, so we need one more. So, so let's recap. We got, um, we've got our starting point guard in Dicky. We've got our yeah. shooting guard in Quavo. We've got our power forward in Two Chains. We need a small forward and a center. Little B at small forward. Yes, little B at small forward. Of course, and uh, center. We need a big guy. We need a big presence. Um, I mean. We could say two chains and then go somebody else as the, as the power forward. Um, yeah, two chains is gonna be at the center. Power forward is gonna be. It's hard. Who else is I'm trying to think? Who else has played in the the NBA celebrity game? <laughs> Wale. That's... <laughs> he was pretty bad, but he played. Uh, and, and yeah, yeah like, no, Wale, Wale, no. I love Wale, but Wale reciting a poem about the Monsters isn't really gonna work. Track. Um, not so much. Rick Ross? No, definitely not. I'm not a Rick Ross fan, but he can come nope. in with a verse. Nope. I look in my fridge, my shit looking scarce. Honestly, it'll probably be Drake. Let's be completely honest. 
Hey, Drake, when Drake decides to go hard, he can make it work. So I think that it could work. Plus, LeBron yeah. knows Drake, so he could get him on the track. Exactly. Um, he did forever for him. Last name ever, first name greatest. Other sports news, I want to give you credit, David Hart, for all your years of Jacksonville Jaguars fandom. Came back last year when they almost won the AFC title game. They're 2-0 and this year. I'm happy for you. Um, I don't know how to feel. This is like, the team's team is winning. It's like when the Cavs like they won, look right? good. Like, what is going on? It's like waking up in Bizarro world. Yeah, the Cavs won the cup, and the Jags are the AFC oh. favorites. <laughs> what is going on? If you had told me this five years ago, I would have been like, yeah, bullshit. If I told you three years ago, I don't think we would have believed it. Um, you know, you're not wrong there. So, I will say, because in, in lieu of David... Keelan Cole, Keelan Cole, by the way. Already contender for catch of the year. That is one of the most impressive things I've ever seen. Uh, for those who didn't see it, I would go YouTube it. He makes a one-handed catch going. He makes Odell. Stuff. He makes Odell Beckham's catch look less spectacular, which than is already was. almost impossible to believe. Because he's going yeah. towards the sideline and away, and he bends his right arm to make a one-handed grab, and then wraps it around his head to keep it in bounds. It is. It was a legitimate wow for me watching it live, so I'm with you. Oh, he and he catches it one-handed over again, over the defender. Also true, yeah. He did, he had to do that wrap around the defender's helmet and then bring it back. It's, it's incredible. And it then torches the same guy for, for a 25-yard score like two plays later. Yeah, the Jacks beat the Patriots without Leonard Fournette, 31-20. Like, yeah. That's a pretty big, yeah. 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 That defense is, when that defense, you know, shakes some of the rust off, they're going to be nasty. And shout out to Blake Bortles. The War Bortles. War Bortles. And they finally, the NFL finally has a, the league needs a villain, and the <laughs> league has a villain in Jalen Ramsey. Well, that'll happen when you go after everybody within the... Here's the <laughs> thing, though. He never talks smack about people he hasn't gone up against. That's true. Oh, he's more than within his right to do it. I just understand why. Other Look players... What he said about Joe Flacco, like, hey, he's not that great. Yeah, it's like Joe Flacco's heard worse. Joe Flacco's record against Joe Flacco. He's 2-0. Joe Flacco probably hears worse every time he goes to Pittsburgh and gets a coffee. Like, you know, yeah, it's, it's not too bad. But um, You know, and, and Ramsey being like, ah, Big Ben's kind of kind of not as good as he used to be. Right also now the Steelers not, are 1-1 and one not in the match. true. Yeah. I will say, for Super Bowl picks, because you made the World Series pick, and right now we'll get to that in a second, you're looking like a genius. I'll say Super Bowl pick. I'll go the Jags... And I'll go Tampa Bay. I'm going to say Ryan Fitzpatrick leads them to the promised Oh, a Florida, a, a Florida brawl. Yes, the middle of Florida and the panhandle of Florida. Uh, not the panhandle, but northern Florida going right at it, head-to-head, mano-a-mano. Uh, it's I a Super Bowl everybody I, wants. Yeah, Super Bowl everybody wants. It would be, it would double the audience of the largest Super Bowl ever, Tampa. I, honestly, Ryan Fitzpatrick has been hilarious in this whole thing. He's rubbing beards with his linemen. He He's wearing Deshaun Jackson's clothes for the post game. That Somebody was asked, amazing. How much of that is yours? The chest hair. The chest hair. <laughs> so I want to see a Ryan Fitzpatrick Blake Bortles Super Bowl. Uh, oh my God. <laughs> you'd have probably the, you'd have one of the smartest guys in the NFL and one of the dumbest. <laughs> Shout out to Blake Bortles and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Blake, fun fact, went to Harvard. Yeah. Everyone knows Has that. a perfect Wonderlick score. Oh, what a nerd. Uh, Vince Young could have taken some classes from him. Anyway, back to, uh, I wanted to update everyone on this Oakland A's saga real quick. Not saga, because it's good for us. Uh, Oakland right now, as I say It can still this, be a saga. 
That's true, I guess. The saga continues. Shout out to Puff. Is the 91 and 61, and the, at one point, they're two and a half back now, but they were one game behind the Yankees, who looked undefeatable at the beginning of the year for the home field in the wildcard game. And I can't stress this enough. Once again, this man on my computer screen, David Hart, predicted, predicted that the Oakland A's would be in the World Series. Doesn't matter who he said they'd be playing. That's irrelevant. He said the A's would be in the World Series. <laughs> it was A's Padres, it, I believe. And the Padres are in last place in their division. That's not relevant. He said, you the, know, I kind of figured as much because, well, I know that those two teams are historically dog shit. And, you know, the A's normally are. And here they come. They are looking on fire. So I want to just quickly update. It's going to be our thing. We are now keep an eye on the Oakland A's during the playoffs. And remember, David Hart called this. And I want everybody. We are, we are on the A's hype train. Choo choo kachoo. I also, in other slight baseball news, I don't know. Did you see the story about the Detroit Tigers announcers? No. So a few weeks ago, um, they had their play-by-play guy, who's Mario Impeba. I'm sorry if I got his name wrong. And Rod Allen, who's been their color guy. And they've worked together for a long time. They've apparently had simmering tension for years. Mm-hmm. And so a couple weeks ago, um, there was a story that came out that they got in a brawl in the booth after a game. Wow. Literally, Rod Allen took Impeta from behind as he was trying to leave and ch- started choking him. Apparently over wow. a chair in the booth. The team said they wouldn't be doing any more games for the rest of the year. I've also never, ever heard of two announcers getting into a scuffle. Yeah, that's that's wild. It might be how this podcast ends one day. It'd be like that Wyclef uh, Dylon thing in the in the Chappelle Show sketch. Yeah. You can't just choke all your props. Also coming up, we go, I know we both have a couple of events. We both have weddings to go to, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I have a few weddings that uh, Bethany and I will be uh, gracing with our attendance. And you are going, where's yours again? It's in Roanoke, right? Yeah, we're going to one in Roanoke. I'm going uh, to... And then Florida. somewhere in some other place in Virginia in December. I'm going to one in Portland in uh, actually a week from today I'm flying out. In fact, actually, I think right around this time is when my flight is. Uh, I will be visiting your parents because they're gracious human beings and have kept me in and I love seeing them. And then uh, my friend Yates, shout out to Yates, will be getting married. Then after that, you guys have the wedding and then you guys also will have your housewarming and Mary Washington will have their homecoming. It's a big it's a big month or so for the October is going to be very busy. Boom, including Oktoberfest, which as I pointed out is not in October. Yeah, well it's not traditionally in October. I know. I've already started it in Germany. Yeah, but they're they're on metric time. Can't you all change that? I moving on. I I I stand by my point. Um, and real quick before we wrap up, uh, today September 20th, 2018, the year of our Lord. Congratulations to Sam Selby, my brother who turns a robust 22 years old today. Shout out to Sam, who I know is not listening to this podcast because he can't be bothered, but I wanted to give a shout out to my flesh and blood. It's all downhill from there, Sam. Yeah, true. Once you're past 20, even four, you might get a couple more years. Once you're past 24, it's 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 injuries start mounting up and real reality sets in. But shout out to yep. Sam. Good guy. Uh, Dave, anything else you want to talk about? No, that is it. Um, I guess, I mean, we should probably do a job update yes. thing. Uh, I have been applying for work all around the area. Um, haven't heard back, but, you know, that's sort of the way it goes. Um, but I'm going to keep plugging along, you know. Uh, un- I-, I would, you know, I'd like to not be underemployed too much longer. Hey, that's the um, end of the show. So we will see what happens. And in those um, veins, I have, actually on Sunday, this Sunday, I 
will be shooting the first piece of my demo reel. There's an event called Bipartisan, which is people from both sides of the aisle have dogs walk across DC in sort of a nice little. It's technically oh, a march. Fuck that. Ah, it's it's charming for what it is. Um, so I will be shooting something there to get a piece of my demo reel set up. I am both kind of excited and fucking petrified, but uh, you know that's sort of how the biz- nature of the business goes. And then hopefully from there, I'll be able to do some more shoots and again, kind of going along with my plan of what I want to do, we can get along from there. Um, but so yeah, job status is I'm still unemployed, but I am starting the first move towards my kind of grand plan on this. Uh, worst case, if it doesn't work in the end, like I've said, you know, I, I can go back to square one. It's it's not the end of the world, yep. but yep. But we are, as David said, we are the underemployed podcast and we needed to give you all an update on jobs and everything. Uh, I, of course, selfishly would love if you got a job up here, David. It means that I'd be able to see you more. But I, more importantly than that, I want you to be happy. Yeah, I would uh, I would like to, you know, get a job up there. I would like to just have a – I would just like to get a job. That's true. Yeah. Jobs are cool, man. Yeah. Jobs are, jobs are pretty sweet. Jobs are pretty dope. Yeah. Let's end on that grand proclamation – Wise money is money is fun. Cash rules everything around me. Cream. Yes. Get the money. Dollar, dollar. Yes, absolutely. Cash rules everything around me. Cream, get the money. Dollar dollar bill, yo. It's been 22 long hard years of still struggling. Survival got me bugging, but I'm alive on arrival. I beat back the shape of the streets to stay awake to the ways of the world. Deep. A man with the dream with plans to make cream was fail. I went to jail at the age of 15, a young buck. Someone I was talking to was like, wow, you, you like the show, but I feel like you have a lot of aggressive rap songs as your intros and outros. And instinctively, I thought, yeah, maybe. And then I thought, I was like, wait, we used 21 Questions as an intro, and we used Akon as an intro, and we used like a Cat Luna song. And I was like, ah, oh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think I don't think we use a lot of aggressive rap. No, because it's it wouldn't be that you know like I used an Eminem song as an outro just because thematically it fit with me leaving my job. But generally, yeah, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to make listeners ear holes upset. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's um. Not all rap is aggressive. That's uh, that's virtue signaling right there. <laughs> it's like, what do you want me to do? Use the Winnie the Pooh intro? Oh, Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh, buffy little buffy also with stuff. Speaking of, um, Christopher Robin, the movie, heartwarming. Oh, I, I forgot that. I remember even we saw years ago, I think the Tigger movie. It was uh, like 2000. Yes, and God, that was a nice movie. Like the same thing. They always get the Winnie the Pooh stuff right. Watch me use the Winnie the Pooh intro. No, I won't. It's tempting. Please, for the love of God, do not. I'm gonna see a friend of mine. He's round and he's fuzzy. I love him because he's just Pooh Bear Winnie the Pooh.